0: Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti, and before we get started with today's episode, I'm just going to take a nice deep breath, and I recommend that you do the same because this episode is going to be chaotic, I can already tell you, because I just have a lot of thoughts, it's kind of like a, a heart spill episode as I've done before, but Just very much like a life update, (laughs) like I don't even know where this is going to go because I'm at a weird point in my life where I don't really have a plan and so I just want to kind of unload my thoughts with you guys as I would, you know, one of my best friends at brunch. Let's just chat, okay? I think we are overdue. A nice unpack, like here is what's happening in my life, although it's confusing, here's what's happening, here's how I'm feeling that sort of thing. So, if you're looking for a story from history, as I do also tell on here on Thick and Thin in usual episodes, this one is an unusual episode. Um, definitely check out the last two episodes. I think they're super strong. I am so proud of them. So, definitely check those out. If you were looking for a story, if you came here in hopes that there was going to be an interesting story from some heroine from history, you know, some really amazing figure that has done incredible things. Uh, because today I'm actually telling a different story. I'm telling a story about me, (laughs) my current story. Not to say that I'm not brave or powerful or any of those things because I'm learning to be both of those things, but right now I'm just a bit unsure. You know, it's that song, it's like I'm not crazy, I'm just a little unwell. (laughs) That's how I'm feeling kind of right now. So we're going to talk about it, but first the deep breath I was talking about. I'm going to take a nice deep breath, Do it with me, guys. If you're in the car, you're walking down the street, I don't know, you're sitting at your desk working, deep breath, okay? Okay. (laughs) Now I'm ready to just unpack a lot of things. But first, I want to start out with a little baby, tiny little story from history, okay? Because I can't help it. I can't not have some little tidbit from a past time. So I want to first talk a little, little, little bit about, not a huge tale, not enough that I should share. I should share way more. But James Baldwin, let's talk about him. He was a writer- and a playwright. He was born in Harlem in 1924, during the height of the Harlem Renaissance. If you guys listened to our episode two episodes ago, two weeks ago, you'll know a bit about the Harlem Renaissance. So James Baldwin was born in 1924, and he's known for his words, especially what he says about change, about love, about race, society. And he said something that recently has been really helping me through this hard time that I'm in, this hard time of decisions and considering what is right and wrong. I'm in a weird spot where sometimes I don't even know what way is, you know, up and down. And I feel like I'm just, you know, kind of floating. (laughs) I'll get into that in a little bit. But the quote from James Baldwin that's really helped me says, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. And he wrote this in a 1962 essay for the New York Times, which is entitled, As Much Truth As One Can Bear. And I want to read a little bit more of this article to you. I read it today, this morning, actually, kind of as my morning kickoff, you know, like the first thing I did when I woke up this morning. And it says this, it says, in my mind, the effort to become a great novelist simply involves attempting to tell as much of the truth as one can bear. And then a little more. It is an effort which, by its very nature, remembering that men write the books, that the time, that time passes and energy flags and safety beckons, is obviously doomed to failure. Success is an American word which cannot conceivably, unless it is defined in an extremely severe, ironical, and painful way, have any place in the vocabulary of any artist. I'm going to say that again, success is an American word which cannot, conceivably unless it is defined in an extremely severe, ironical, and painful way, have any place in the vocabulary of any artist. And that's just a little slice of history that really spoke to me, you know, even in 1962. Success is an American word. I would argue, you know, people from other places also probably feel that, you know, success is very another place, but I feel like in America, because that's all that I have experienced as far as living wise, success does feel like a very American word. You know, what what is success? What does it mean? What does it mean to be successful really? To be a millionaire, to be in a relationship, to be engaged, to I don't even know, go go to bed feeling satisfied? Does success have a place in an artist, in a creative person? In a person that isn't going crazy every day, does it have a place in our vocabulary, like Baldwin says? So I've been doing a lot of thinking about success and personal success. You know, what is success really? And to me, I feel like success is feeling secure. I feel like most of my life, I've always kind of chalked up success as being feeling secure in finances, in where I'm living, in my job, in my friendships, in my relationships, in my, you know, relationships with my parents and also with a significant other. That is success to me. You know, are people on the internet still following me (laughs) because that is my job, you know? And am I getting the numbers that I need to support myself? That has felt like success to me. And what's kind of left out of that equation is Happiness, you know, because you can have all these things, and there's so many people like celebrities, you know, that have all of the things that I just listed on lock, but they forget along the way to remember their happiness, their well being, their mental health. The things that maybe aren't top of line when you consider success, but are, if you know, equally or if not more important to your overall well-being it's a well-oiled machine you know you need to have all the parts and so I've been doing a lot of thinking about this recently because I felt like I was very in control of a lot of things when I was living out in LA you know very in control of, of certain things but the things that I wasn't in control of seemed to you know although maybe not as important seemed to slow me down and one of those things was my my mental health and you know the way that I I processed things I think was the big kicker you know I would have little blips little things happen little you know falling outs with falling outs falling outs is that how you say it plural I don't know little little moments if you will with you know, friends, with brands I was working with. I don't know, like little things here and there, just like those little hiccups and little just frustrations throughout life, you know, that happen, that are are super normal. And I just, the way that I was processing these emotions was not healthy. And I can't really pinpoint exactly what was unhealthy about it, except for the fact that I feel... I, I just felt so rushed all the time. I just felt so, like, I couldn't take a deep breath. I was anxious about the unknown, about things that hadn't even happened yet, you know? And I just found it to be, like, a crushing emotion. And I, I could just be saying things, like, words, and people are like, I don't know what you're talking about, or... You could totally be sitting there thinking, wow, Katie, I know exactly what you're saying. And I've experienced this as well. Just the feeling of sitting and working on one thing, like one thing for work or one thing for something I was doing, an art piece or you know, calligraphy, something I was working on. And I couldn't even fully focus on what I was doing because I was so anxious about something that hadn't even happened yet. I couldn't even like tangibly describe it or touch it. It was just this weird, anxious feeling kind of it was just one of those like kind of gray storm clouds that followed me around in LA. And it wasn't the place, it wasn't the people. Somehow I I think just it was me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was any combination of place and people and all the things, but I knew in order to figure out what exactly is going on, I needed a new environment. I needed a fresh start again, even though I'd only been in LA for what 8 months. I felt that it was time to do something new. And so if you guys follow me on Instagram and on YouTube, by the time you're hearing this podcast, you're already in the know uh, with this certain information I'm about to share. But I just wanted to kind of go in a little bit deeper because on the podcast, I feel like I, I have this more safe space somehow. I talked about this on last week's episode, how I just feel like you guys are my special people. You are very special to me because you let me in a way that, you know, maybe some other people that follow me on the other platforms, you guys let me really, really, Dig and explore myself and ramble, (laughs) like ramble. Okay, that's the big, the big underlined, circled thing that you guys let me do is just talk and feel without boundaries, without censorship. Like, I just talk on here. And so, I knew that I wanted to go into further detail about all this stuff on the podcast because, like I said, you guys are my special people. So, basically, (laughs) what's happening? The LA chapter is closed. I am moving from L.A., back to the East Coast, um, where I'm from, with my family. So I grew up in Maryland. I've been here my whole life, um, aside from you know the places I've chosen in college and beyond. Before college, I'd never really left Maryland, aside from like a handful of trips, you know, to like I don't know Florida, like New York once or twice. Like I really didn't go anywhere. And then you know once I got to college and I studied abroad and I went a bunch of places and then you know I explored. Other cities and realized that the the world is so much bigger than I thought it was growing up in a small town in Maryland. And from there, I really you know considered all the opportunities and the the options of where I could be. And L.A. called my name last year. Um, you know, last year was a crazy year. It pulled a lot of us into different directions we didn't expect. And I did thrive in L.A. for a time. I really did feel confident and happy there. I felt the ocean was just you know, calling my name, I just needed to be there, and I felt really, really at peace for a little while, and then I started getting in my own head about things, and I started having some just really crazy, anxious episodes that I couldn't explain, and in my 25 years of life, like, had never experienced, like, such, like, I I can't even put into words, it was just really, I was overcome with emotion over these moments, and it was just really hard. And I knew that something needed to change. And I want to say again, like, I don't feel like it was LA necessarily. And I'm not saying that just to, you know, be like, oh, I didn't fail. You know, LA was a right choice for me, whatever. I just, I think it was just one of those things where I needed to be close to my roots. You know, I, I, it's almost like I, this is a weird analogy. I'm going to say it now. But it's like I had my phone on Bluetooth and I was like bluetooth to a speaker. And I just got too far away from the speaker and it started glitching and, you know, you know, the song kept skipping because I think I got a little too far away from my roots because I just needed to be closer to home. You know, I needed to be back for a little bit at least. I, You know, when I'm going through this, this weird time, a lot of it is due to past trauma. A lot of it is due to childhood trauma, to high school trauma that I thought that I could run from. You know, there's all these things that happen to us when we're young. And we think, oh, as we get older, we're getting, you know, further and further away from what hurt us and you know we're growing and we, we hardly remember these things it's like the you know the concept that after something hard and tough happens you you look back and a year has passed and you're like whoa I survived that I I made it a year and it's been a year and I don't even remember what happened and you know maybe you might not remember it in the forefront of your brain but you never truly forget a lot of things and people that haven't experienced traumas in childhood maybe won't ever fully understand but maybe they will I don't know but for me, I, I just have always tried to run from my problems. And then something happens that reminds me of something that really, really hurt me in my youth, and I'm, you know, forced to to work with it and to figure out how to get through it. And in LA, just so far away from home, you know, I'm not I'm not a homebody by any means. Believe me, I've been running from home like my whole life, it feels like, but for some reason I just felt my my roots taking me back, like I needed to be back. And even though it might be scary to be back because, you know, as I was saying earlier, talking about success, you know, what is success? What is it really? You know, and like, is success a word that we should be afraid of? You know, all these things. Um, And being home, you know, going home, being with my family, it kind of just, it feels like failure. And I'm just going to say that I know, you know, I'm going to get into like the, the nitty gritty about it, but, you know, top line and this is a horrible thing I'm admitting, but when I've heard, you know, some people like going home and, you know, leaving exciting, vibrant cities, you know, with all their friends and all this stuff, like leaving to go back home, back where they started, you know, makes me feel some type of, of way. I feel kind of bad for them. I'm like, oh, wow, they failed. I don't know. And I'm saying this because I'm doing the exact, that exact thing right now. So, you know, I can say that. Sorry, <laughs> I, I guess I can't, but whatever. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. You know, basically, I just feel like a lot of us consider moving back home with our parents to be failure. But, you know, not because of anything aside from the fact that when we were in high school and middle school and maybe before that, a lot of us felt really powerless. I felt extremely powerless especially because I was undergoing a lot of torment at school and I felt like no one really understood me aside from you know, a handful of people on the internet. Thank God for that. It's led me here, but I felt in high school, middle school, Earlier than that, I just had this severe lack of power. I felt like, you know, especially before I could drive, before I could leave the house, I felt kind of, you know, not that it was my parents' fault at all or anything, but I just felt kind of trapped. And when you're young and you're angsty and you're confused about everything and your your body's changing and your mindset, you're learning things and yet you feel so stuck Like you're learning about the world in history class. I mean, to a certain extent, I'm learning more and more now that a lot was left out of the narrative, hence the reason for my podcast. But for so long, you're learning about all these faraway places and all these things, and yet you're sitting in a classroom in the town that your parents chose, and you're just kind of forced to live with it for a bit and hopefully get out, hopefully make it out or don't, you know, depending on what you would prefer. But for me, I was always desperate to get out. I was desperate for New York. I was desperate for these faraway places I saw on TV. And so going to these places and feeling ugh, so many things, New York made me feel great most days, but you know there were also days where I felt overworked in New York and I felt unloved in New York and I felt that the world was moving so fast and I was such a small fish and no one would care if I wasn't around, you know? And I didn't really mean a lot to, to projects and to things. And I'm not trying to you know fish for pity here, That's just how I felt kind of in a fast moving city and in LA I felt my friends all thriving and basking in the sun and having the most amazing time and I just felt, I don't know, I didn't feel that way. I felt the ocean and I felt the sun and I felt calm at times but I didn't feel, you know, that feeling in your stomach where you're like, this is it, this is it and I didn't feel successful in a way that you know I was proud of in the sense of like I felt like I had a good hang on my mental state and I you know I, I always feel most successful I I really do like really to my core when I'm content when I'm happy and I didn't feel those things out there and I think it's just because I have some stuff I need to work on. I have some stuff that I thought I was you know working on I thought I had under control and I just didn't. So I'm En route. We're going back to the East Coast and I'm going to figure some things out. I have, you know, some loose, loose ideas of what I want to do in the future because I physically can't not, you know. I always feel like I'm, you know, I have one foot in the past, one foot in the future. I'm straddling the present at all times and I'm trying to not do that anymore. But, you know, things become habits and then you just do them. I'm really trying to think more day to day right now and, you know, think through what will help me heal, like really heal from the ways that I've been hurt because I feel for so many years I've just accepted that I will hurt forever in the same ways. You know, the same wounds will just reopen and I I won't ever properly, like I won't get the stitches to heal the wounds. They're just going to keep cracking open. I'm going to keep having to, you know, put Neosporin on them every time. And you know, there is a way for me to, maybe not fully, there will be scars left behind, but I can try to heal myself at least a little bit better than I've been doing before. And so going home and considering my next chapter right now, considering what options I have and do so without clouded judgment, without my amazing, amazing friends. <laughs> love them to death, but I am influenced by them. I make both good and bad decisions because of them. So in order to do maybe not the good or bad thing, but the right thing. I just need to step back and be with myself for a bit. And I know home in Maryland is the best place for me to do that. I'm not sure for how long either. Like I don't know, you know, maybe something will come to me rather quickly or maybe it won't. Maybe it'll take six months. Maybe it'll take a year. Maybe it'll take less than that. I don't know. I'm not putting a timeline on this. I'm for the first time in a very long time, this is actually quite huge for me. I am just stepping back and letting myself just, feel things out, letting myself think and breathe and decide and do things and just consider all the options, you know, because I am very lucky to have options. And so that is what I need to focus on right now. And it's not sexy to say I'm moving home with my parents. It's not sexy, but it's real life for a lot of us. It's honestly something that many more of us that are able to should do honestly. I think that there's this huge fear involved in what I was talking about earlier in regards to success. You know, what is success? I think it's different for everyone. And I I think school, modern school, and just the media, a lot of things kind of feed us what success should be. And I just don't think it's, it's something we should be eating, honestly. I don't think it's all true. So yeah, I'm I'm doing the home thing for a bit. We'll see. I'm not putting a timeline on it. You know, who knows how long I'll I'll be with my family and doing that whole processing thing. But I'm not rushing my process and I don't think that any of you guys out there should feel rushed with your process either. Because I'm twenty five years old. I'm not old, okay, by any means, but I will be someday. And so I need to make sure that, you know, I have this fresh canvas. It's it's honestly kind of like when you're you're painting something or you're you're just doing a project where you need that flat, super blank canvas to work on, but you're lazy and you don't want to have to go to the store to get another canvas. You're just, you know, you're you're seeing something that's in the in the basement that you can just, you know, wipe the dust off and paint right on top of and you know, there's a whole another set of analogies I could give with paint and with acrylic paint and you know starting over but I am one that really loves a nice flat blank canvas that hasn't you know been marked by anything else that is fresh and just for this and you know those fresh things and so I think that going home and, and really starting fresh, really having a chance to buff out all of the past blemishes and bumps and just really get to the, the fundamentals, get to the core of me and what I need, <sighs> it's going to be great. <laughs> so that is what's going on. Um, basically, just for you know a little bit of backstory, I did cover a lot of this on YouTube, on Instagram, but for those of you who aren't privy to it, I... Basically, we had this this issue with our apartment. Um, We had a leak. As I I did talk about this on the podcast. You guys should already know about this. But we had this apartment leak. And luckily, Hannah, one of my roommates, her dad works in law. And he took a look at our contract. Um, We were just overall very unhappy with how you know, the landlord was dealing with it all. Like it it just didn't feel very compassionate to us. Didn't feel like he really cared about us and the ceiling caving in and the potential risks of all that. And it didn't feel right to us. And so we asked Hannah's father to look into the lease agreement and see if there's any chance that we could get out of it and reevaluate, find a new place. I don't know. And so basically what happened with that was um, there was a loophole Or something, he found something where basically, maybe it wasn't a loophole, but just like he literally breached the contract or something. And so we were able to get out of the lease. We officially moved out of our apartment. The 18th, we moved out of February. We moved out of our place. We sold all of our furniture for the most part. Um, And kind of backing it up further, though, when we were having the conversation about the lease and we didn't even know if we were going to get out of it yet, but we were just kind of spitballing ideas, Uh, I was talking to my two roommates, and you guys know I, I really only signed on to live in this apartment, live in LA until July. That was when my lease was up. So I started last July, it was going to be up this July. Because of the apartment stuff and we were considering getting out early, that would be, you know, a full like, I don't know, 4 months early that I would have to make a decision of like, am I going to stay in LA? Am I going to go home? Am I going to move to New York? Am I going to move to, I don't know, <laughs> Texas or something? There's like all these, you know, thoughts that I have when I consider my future. I I thought I had 4 more months to do all that and to decide eventually. And things were expedited by this whole process. Maybe it was a blessing in disguise because I wasn't really doing so great out in LA. I was really having a hard time mentally and I think it was maybe not so obvious on social media. I think a lot of you guys out there are kind of shocked to hear all of this stuff because I've been very optimistic and positive online. I've really tried because I just don't a lot of times see a reason to talk about things before I'm ready because I feel my best articulating things when I've really thought through them. And that was really my my reason. And I was talking to my therapist. So I was like, I don't feel like I need to unpack all this all the time. Regardless of my reasons, I had to think about this. And I was talking with my two roommates and they were like, well, we really love LA. We want to sign on to a year somewhere. We want to get another year lease. And this was, we were having this conversation in January. So it would be a whole year that I would be locked in to a contract. And I was thinking to myself, you know, this was kind of a unique opportunity for me to just really think about my future in a very (laughs) harsh way because it was like, okay, you have to make this decision rather quickly because, you know, we're going to get out of this lease or we're going to stick around like we are either going to play hardball with the landlord or not. So I was put in this spot where I really had to think. And so I'm one to always make lists. I think you guys might know this about me. I love my pro-con lists. I talked about this on YouTube, but I made these like pro-con lists of New York, of LA, of home, of all these places and things and just concepts, ideas. <laughs> I was considering doing a six-monthly somewhere. I was considering an Airbnb for a while. I was considering a lot of options. And my biggest fear in all this was letting other people down. My biggest fear and what was really driving my initial decisions before I finally just decided to move home, decided to just surrender and just do what I knew I needed to do. I had all these other backup plans, okay? And I feel like in life we do this a lot. We know the answer. We know what we should do. We know what is right and best. And yet we consider other possibilities because we want the best of all worlds. We want to be able to do what's right for us, but also make other people proud. Also be one of those people on Instagram that everyone's like, whoa, did you see what Katie's doing? Wow, she's really doing like crazy things. She's really killing it, whatever. We want to be the talk of the town. We want to make our younger selves proud. We want to be able to provide. We want to do all these things. But it's just sometimes just impossible to do everything, to please everyone. It's often very impossible to please everyone. I've learned on the internet. And so I was in a tough spot where I had to really think critically about what would actually benefit me. You know, what would benefit my friends is different than what would benefit me. What would make other people want to be me is different than what would benefit me. And so in that moment of thinking, I literally toured places in, in L.A., six month places and I was like maybe I'll stay for six months you know through the summer and then I'll consider something else but really I knew what was tugging my heart I knew what I needed to do in order to you know come home to myself and be me again I've said on here before you know take the time do the things that will get you to be you again will get me to be me again because I think it's very often in this life that we lose ourselves we lose ourselves because we get so overwhelmed with other things. And our, you know, other things are demanding our attention, are pulling our hand in either direction away from our hearts, away from us. You know, as I was touring these six-month places, I was like, I just, I don't know, something about this is just isn't feeling right in my gut. And so I called my parents. I had the conversation about Hey guys, you know, what would what would you say if I said I might need to come home for a little bit? And it was a really hard call to make because I'm really, really bad at asking for help. I'm really, really bad at admitting that I'm in a tough spot. And that's why a lot of my friends and family and even you guys a lot of times don't really know when I'm struggling because I do a really good job of masking it and trying to pretend like I'm not. And so I made a call, I made a decision, a decision heard around the world because Everyone started asking me about it and talking about it and it just felt very real, you know. And I might be super dramatic with all this and you might be like, Katie, come on. Everyone moves home. It's fine. But it's big for me. It's big for me to have done something like this, actually confronting my problems and not running for once. Not running, even in the slightest. If anything, I am walking. I am walking in the direction of healing, of something that's really going to be good for me. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Long story short, that's what I'm doing. So we got out of our lease um, and yeah, I'm hitting the road. I'm going home and we'll see what happens from there. I have some, you know, pipeline dreams, some things that I'm considering. I'm going to sit down again in a little bit, you know, and when the time's right, make another pro con list of what my considerations are. I'm thinking, you know, a few different things. Like I'm, I'm considering buying property. I'm considering, you know, putting all the money that I've saved for, for, 14, that's a long time now, like 10 years, you know, all my YouTube money. I, I have this rainy day fund that has really grown in a way where I can maybe invest it in property. So I'm considering that, you know, for my future, things like that. I'm considering renting again. I'm considering, I don't know. But right now, all I know is I don't know. All I know is I don't know. And that is okay. Something I've said online, especially on the podcast, often is if you find yourself in the wrong story, leave. It's a really beautiful sentiment. It's something that I've done a lot in my life. I I don't know a lot, okay? I don't know a lot. But I do know myself very, very well. And I know my gut very, very well. But, you know, although I say this a lot, I say... If you find yourself on the wrong story, leave. I don't always say how hard it is to do that. It is one of those things that simply, put simply, is so much easier said than done. It is so much easier to say you're going to you know, do something bold and uproot your life and decide something different for yourself and change your world, but it's a lot harder to do it because for me, it's been really tough to leave LA because leaving LA has meant leaving some of my best friends. It means going somewhere cold. <laughs> it means, you know, leaving something again. Like I had just gotten to a point where I was comfortable and happy with my bedroom setup, you know, all those superficial things. I really found the places I like to eat, <laughs> like all that stuff. And then now I have to start over again and go back to the place where I felt a significant amount of trauma as a child. So it is tough. It is tough, but Sometimes you just know. You just know something will pull you, and you know it's the right thing. And it just takes courage and bravery to admit some things to yourself. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must
1: not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
0: Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Anyway, so I am going to segue a little bit. So I often get these books sent to me. I get books sent from all sorts of publishers. I think it's probably the most exciting thing that has come from being an influencer, getting publishers to send me books before they're published. (laughs) Like that is like felt so cool. Like, okay, talk about like VIP clubs and like, skipping the line at places or whatever no like none of that is comparable to me getting books before they're published from publishers i'm just i feel so cool <laughs> so i got this book i think this one's been published now but at the time when i got it i don't believe it was and it's called nobody knows what they're doing by lee crutchley author of how to be happy or at least less sad and it's really this book is so interesting and there's some points that i just really wanted to to read from this book I really only started it like two days ago, so I'm very much in the beginning of the book. But there's a few little parts that I want to share. And the first one, I feel like I'm often touching on this, but social media pressure and how it really affects us, how it affects our need to do things. And I feel like in this in this decision I've had to make from you know moving to LA to going back home and just dealing with my problems has really affected me in the sense that like I just, I feel weird sharing things that aren't successes online. Because although it makes me feel, you know, it makes me vulnerable and open and you guys are really attracted to people that are vulnerable and open, I know I am on social media. Something about it just, it just feels scary and wrong sometimes because I feel like we've been, you know, on social media we know that, that, it's, it's attractive to come across as being happy all the time and all the things so I want to read this little passage from the book it's on page 12 it's under the section releasing the pressure and it says this it says we all know that social media is not an accurate or realistic representation of reality even Instagram versus reality posts are created and curated specifically to be shared on Instagram and to provoke some kind of reaction but although you know this is true Your brain struggles to allow you to genuinely feel the truth. In a 2017 New York Times article entitled, How Evil is Tech?, the columnist David Brooks wrote, tech companies understand what causes dopamine surges in the brain, and they lace their products with hijacking techniques that lure us in and create compulsion loops. Those compulsion loops are supposedly positive. You post, get a reward, likes, and feel compelled to post again. They are designed to keep feeding you dopamine through positive reinforcement to keep your attention for as long as possible. In a world of limitless information, our attention has become invaluable. This is the attention economy in action. The problem is compulsion loops thrive even more on negative reinforcement. For example, as you scroll through the feed of another possibly more successful artist, you can feel inferior and inadequate. You experience negative reinforcement rather than positive, but the compulsion loop still kicks in It can become impossible for you to stop scrolling, looking, and comparing yourself. Multiply that by the hundreds or thousands of artists you follow, and those compulsion loops can become a downward spiral. Those spiraling reminders of all the better people and all the better work can chip away at your confidence little by little until there is nothing left, until you reach the stage where it feels easier to stop making work altogether rather than destroy yourself over and over again. Reminding yourself that you suck. (laughs) That's the whole premise of the book, by the way, It's like you suck and it says it on like every page and I'm like, whoa, that's like, (laughs) because I'm like remembering when I was a child, my mom always said like, don't say the word suck. It's like not a good word. Anyway, reminding yourself that you suck can help you through this. Reminding yourself that it doesn't matter if you make a piece of work that's awful or amazing. Reminding yourself that in time you will look back and think some of your amazing work was awful too. Reminding yourself that you will definitely suck one day. And that's okay. So I love that little section. And it says also a little page, it says, pay more attention to less things. And I just needed that. I needed to hear that because on social media I know it's it's one of those things where you know, you know things, but you just can't get it into your head. You can't get it to be a universal thought that you're always thinking. Like you you convince yourself of something. Like it's one of those things where sometimes you'll look in the mirror or really look at yourself, consider yourself, think about yourself and be like, wow, I'm doing great. I am awesome today. I look great in this shirt. I, my hair is great, everything's great. And then feel the exact opposite just 24 hours later. And you know, you're having a bad day or you're having a good day and you're having a bad day again. And it just is constant that you just never really know how you're gonna be feeling when you wake up one day. And that's just being human, right? But going on social media, I have really, really bad days on there really really good days also but I feel myself comparing myself more than ever especially when I'm in a hard time especially when I'm going through a time where I don't know what I'm doing I'm of course it's almost like the algorithm knows it's almost like Instagram just is reading my mind and knows to confront me with all this information with all these people that are absolutely killing it like I'm following a few people I'm not going to name names just because I don't want to like I don't know I I'm really happy that they're succeeding don't get me wrong but there's a few people that I follow it doesn't even matter who they are that are are just killing it. They have, you know, nice houses that they have, you know, set up and and built themselves and are really killing it with that. And then they also have, you know, a loving spouse or a cute freaking dog or something. And, you know, seeing all that and knowing also that I contribute to that a lot of times, because I think a lot of you guys probably see what I post and think the same thing, like, oh, she's killing it, she's killing it. And it's, it's, again, it's like all those dopamine surges and things that, you know, the book says, It, it feels good to be seen in that way too it feels good to know that people are like wow Katie's doing great and you know I feel though that there is a disconnect here there's a major disconnect here maybe not even just a disconnect also just this domino effect of other people feeling like they need to be this way because I felt like I need to be this way and I'm showing my life in this way and it just becomes this trend that maybe can do more harm than good social media I I go back and forth with this in my head because it is my job. And that is why I have such a hard time with it because, you know, it's something that I do because I love it. It also is my livelihood, but I have a hard time with it all the time. I just, I want to create my own community. Okay. I want to run away from all this, make my own community where people aren't so obsessed with the little things like the likes and the filters and the stuff that just didn't even exist 15 years ago. But it's something that isn't going to go away. We just need to find a way to not go crazy over it, to monitor our mental health, to make sure that it's not getting to us too much. Because I think, especially with the invention of, of TikTok and because of quarantine, you know, and back in March when we were all really, really confined to our homes, like for, you know, we'd had no idea how long and we were all going crazy with our families or with our roommates or with our boyfriends. And, you know, we we thought this was it. And so we became very obsessed with technology and it's become I think a lot of us, our screen time has gone up more and more as the years have progressed, but especially in 2020 and 2021. And so I fear what this means for us. I was talking to a friend of mine who also makes YouTube content, and she was talking about how she's never experienced this much hate and these many trolls and just really negative, nitpicky people, which I agree. I feel like this... I don't know, this past year has really brought out a lot of just people are really, really on edge right now. People are really sad and very upset for very reasonable reasons or very, very justifiable. It makes sense why people are upset right now. Um, It makes sense why people are comparing themselves right now. It makes sense for so many reasons because we've been through a really crazy year emotionally and a lot has happened, like a lot to unpack. That I don't even think we've begun to really even scratch the surface of unpacking. And so it's really hard to not only just be a human in these days, but it's also hard to be someone on social media, both a consumer and a creator. It's really hard. It's hard to see other people thriving, even if, you know, on the outside they're seeming like they are and on the inside they're secretly crumbling, aka me, for the past, I don't even know how long. And so it's hard to, to be someone that's seeing all that content and feeling inadequate, but it's also really hard to be the person creating that content and feeling like they have to keep up the act. And so right now, I'm sitting, you know, in this mindset of I'm going through a tough time, I'm doing something that I'm afraid to admit that I'm doing, although it's perfectly fine and normal and dandy and whatever, I'm going home, I have a family that's letting me go home. That's incredible. That's great. Why am I so ashamed of it? I shouldn't be and talking about it more online has helped me because I'm getting a lot of you guys DMing me and telling me your stories of how you're doing the same thing or you did the same thing and it it really makes me feel better about it because I'm just in a really hard place right now where I feel like no decision that I make is good for me. I just don't even know what I want to do. And so it's nice hearing from you guys that, you know, your opinions and your experiences and such, but being in a, a place like this where I'm a little unsure or a lot of unsure and I'm dealing with all these emotions. Going on social media and seeing other people thriving is really tough. It's really tough. Especially when I'm getting mean comments up the wazoo all the time. And I'm like, okay, I'm literally going through it. <laughs> that's what's happening. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just that's kind of the update, guys. That's kind of how I'm feeling right now. It's a lot of things. It's a lot of things and social media isn't helping. So I've been very mindful about social media recently. I have been limiting my time on there. I set time limits on Instagram I often delete the app. I have this amazing friend of mine who has my password and I'll ask her to, to do some things for me sometimes and you know post some things if I need, if I just need a day, if I need some space because if you think about it, I was talking to my parents about this actually, you know, on the phone a little while back, but it's one of those things where social media is such a new invention. It is so new. The internet is so new if you think about it. And so humankind doesn't really know how to grapple with the fallout from these sorts of inventions that are so new and that are so just like this wasn't the way I mean the way like back then back in the day when our parents were growing up and things like that and so the thing with these inventions is there's always consequences if you think about that that documentary on Netflix what's it called it's like the social dilemma definitely check it out it definitely I think there's some holes in it I want more from them. <laughs> I like wasn't extremely happy with the documentary as a whole. I think that they left some stuff out. But still, very good. If you've never really considered anything about you know the negative effects of social media, definitely check it out. I'm heavily invested in this, so I've, I've known a lot already before seeing it. But it's really interesting, the consequences and how scary it is just how much we don't know about social media, how much we don't know about what information people have about us. It's super scary. It's enough to make you want to delete all your apps and throw your phone into the Pacific Ocean or the Atlantic Ocean, whichever coast or wherever the frick you are in the world. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to unpack. And so it just makes me think, you know, it really makes me think. I've been doing a lot of that right now, thinking, processing, living, trying to understand why I feel a certain way. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm trying and that's all. I'm. This is me trying. Taylor Swift, this is me trying. <laughs> that is, that is going to be the title. This is me trying. Thanks for listening to my extremely long rant. Oh my goodness, I've just been talking for so long. But I needed this, guys. I needed this chat with you guys about what I'm really feeling. It maybe didn't make any sense at all. There's a very high chance that none of this made sense. And that is okay because a lot of times what we process, what we go through, doesn't make sense to other people. And it's something we need to work through. And so that is what I intend to do. That is what I'm doing right now. And with my move to the East Coast for a bit, that is what I plan to do. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'll instantly have a brain blast idea of what I want to do and just act upon it and do it, or it might take some time. And either way, I don't need to explain myself. I'm just going to do what feels right and what will help me in terms of my health and my happiness. And I'm going to be selfish for a bit, so... Yeah, that's the tea, guys. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Hope you all enjoyed this really rambly episode. And I will talk to you guys all next week. Bye.